0: Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its Soundness Initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. Hi, I'm Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have a very interesting guest. She's already seen very nice and very laid back. So maybe I'll have to take it down a notch. Her name is Sarah Gura and she runs self care path. If I remember it correctly, that's what she runs and she runs it specifically for first responders. I understand. And she's a master's level licensed clinical professional counselor. She is trained in EMDR and is also a registered yoga teacher with yoga Alliance. You know, maybe we should have done this in person. You could show me some moves. Um, God knows I need it, especially given that her areas of expertise are anger. God knows I need that. Anxiety, panic, depression, trauma, and PTSD. And she focuses on first responders. Uh, enough for me. Sarah, welcome to the show. Uh, thank
1: you so much for having me. It's, it's a lot of fun already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll make mental health and mental wellness as much fun as we possibly can over the next half hour to 45 minutes. How's that?
1: I'm all for
0: it. Let's hit it. All right. Well, let's have a good time. Uh, The most important question that that I have um, that I'm interested in uh, because it is my show and I'm an only child, so it is all about me, is that you you focus your work, your great work, uh, with and on first responders. Why first responders and not teachers or healthcare workers or, you know, people washing those windows up on the 90th floor in Manhattan. Why first responders?
1: Well, for me, I think that's an interesting question for sure, because there are a lot of people who are getting into the field of mental health for first responders, and they have family members, um, or they were themselves a first responder, Mm -hmm. or they are married into it. They're a spouse of a first responder, and I don't have that in my story. I actually went to a training back in 2010. It was put on by Captain Jeff Dill at the time. He runs Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance. And I was just one of many therapists going to his class for continuing education, which initially I didn't even want to go to.
0: <laughs> um, you, everybody <laughs> always wants to go to continuing education. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got to earn X number of credits before December 31st. You know, I can't wait to go.
1: <laughs> that's exactly that's how I was feeling. But when I heard him speak, I left and I thought, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. I can't believe that first responders would need anything. Mm. And um, I started interviewing first responders and their family members and not only were they confirming everything Jeff was teaching, they were telling me were stories and they said, you know, if you really want to understand us you're going to have to do some ride alongs. So I start doing yeah. ride alongs, and they said well, can you put a class together based on everything that you're going through. And I said well, I think I can. So then I started public speaking. And from there, my practice went from general population, like those teachers and window washers you mentioned, you know, to like everyone is, you know, former military, police, or fire. So that's how it happened. I don't know if I picked it. It it happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it it does my heart good. And this falls a little bit into my story, too. I was in banking and... Um, very long story short, kind of fell into uh, police credit unions and eventually found that I had a a lot more uh, passion and motivation for helping first responders than Mm -hmm. the credit union world. Nothing against the credit union world, but uh, I truly believe and happy to say this on recording that first responders need us a lot more than credit union executives. Um, But yeah, I'm seeing more and more Even after the unfortunate George Floyd incident that there are businesses, while some just went one way, there are others that I'm seeing in conferences, whether they're mine uh, that I'm putting on or others that uh, are coming up in 2022, that there are businesses that are not necessarily first responder related at at their core. They're going out of their way to go to this side of the pendulum and make sure that we're supporting law enforcement, firefighters, and all of our other public safety professionals. So it kind of so- sounds like that those uh, ride-alongs really woke up your mind as to say, hey, this is what I want to do.
1: <laughs> well, it, it, I felt like I was traumatizing myself with them. You know, I was there thinking and feeling and observing exactly what happens live right when you're on a scene or in the field and that's a different perspective when you're sitting in the therapy office and you're just hearing about it you know and so that that was a deeply personal move on my part to to traumatize myself (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah i you know to you know shame on me i've been working with first responders in one way shape or form for almost 20 years and I've never gone on a ride along um now you know I want to to experience that uh but COVID is kind of a <laughs> an obstacle to, to allowing civilians you know just get in a car uh more so than any of the danger out there but um I think what you're know, not to put words in your mouth or you know not knowing your experience but Vicariously, I've learned through other first responders that you may not have even had that really harsh one hard event. It may just be 20 or 30 years of seeing a lot of small but very bad things that's a cumulative trauma. That you know that you you just one ride along gives you probably a little glimpse into that, and then you're thinking you you're doing this every day. Is that yes. am I correct in that assumption, or am I going off the rails, Sarah?
1: No, I think you're making good sense. There's definitely like the accumulative effect, mm-hmm. you know, of seeing human illness, human death, human suffering, human stupidity, property destruction on a repeat basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people that I meet in the therapy office, they have that one to three calls that are sticking with them. It hasn't expired because the mind is registering it as a trauma. And so it's going to keep coming up to say, Hey, pay attention to me. I need help. Hey, pay attention to me. We have to resolve this still. So I see both the accumulation, the accumulation and the actual, you know, potentially traumatic event turning into acute stress turning into ptsd yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and and i appreciate you working with, with that there's uh, a number of experts like yourself that are really focusing on that throughout the country and and frankly we probably still don't have enough of you folks out there but i appreciate that you're doing what you're doing um switching gears slightly because I want to get to the fact that you're nuts like me, and you also do a <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, that you launched the first responder psychological support podcast in October 2020, uh, which I am not ashamed to mention. Uh, your podcast and mine wound up on Police One's top 12 podcasts cops should listen to in 2022. Congratulations to both of us. Um, and you, so you started that in October. 2020, you know, what was the motivation for that? And what's the feedback that you've received from listeners over the last 18 months?
1: So COVID, you know, March 2020, and the tour of public speaking is canceled and therapy goes to telehealth. Boy,
0: boy, this sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, how can I get free information out there? And mm. so that is why I started it, you know, was let me go ahead and put this out there since I can't teach live anymore, or at least right now. And the other idea too, was I knew I was going to move to Florida. And there is a part of me that was like my Illinois audience, you know, uh, is about to experience that change where I wouldn't be available in person anyway. So I'll just record everything. And I did. That's how it got started. And as far as like feedback that I've gotten, mm. it's hard to tell, like you can only see so much as far as like statistics on your podcast. Like, I know most of my listeners are men in the United States aged like 45 to 59. So there's, there's my listeners. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm right,
0: except for not being a first responder. I'm right in your demographic goal. Cool.
1: <laughs> right, right. So like, and the feedback, of course, The most that I noticed was when I did a recent podcast, maybe about a week ago, and I said, I'm writing a newsletter and I will come back more regularly. But I just moved to Florida and I'm unfolding and unpacking my life in Florida. I got a lot of emails and a lot more listens on that podcast from after having a break. So that's about the feedback I have about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, that's. That's one thing in the podcast world, you don't get a ton of feedback, uh, but every once in a while you do, and generally speaking, um, it's usually that one positive comment that keeps you doing this because this is like a a second job is i'm sure you found out um and you know we've got a lot of similarities i you know was born and raised in chicago lived there for almost 40 years and then i wanted to go someplace warm so i went to california Mm. um but uh and i'm only 25 so figure that out do that math (laughs) um (laughs) me too yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but see but see you look good i have no hair even though i did my hair for for this meeting Uh, i think it took me a lot less time than it took you
1: (laughs) (laughs) i worked really hard yeah
0: (laughs) now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners officerprivacy.com officerprivacy.com was founded by pete james a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from officerprivacy.com. Go to officerprivacy.com slash P-O-C-U-A, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. But I've had a chance to to listen to um, a a little bit of first responder psychological support. Um, What what I've heard, I've certainly uh, liked and liked a lot. Uh, but you also mentioned that you cover controversial topics on your podcast. Uh, Maybe I just didn't listen to enough episodes. I didn't really get into the, to the controversy part, And I'm really disappointed because I love controversy. Um, (laughs) What are some of the controversial topics that you've covered and and what might be the, the most controversial that you've covered?
1: For me, it's talking about policy. Um, So I, actually avoided policy a little bit. Um, and then I couldn't help myself and like three podcasts came out in a row just on <laughs> policy alone because it's, it's frustrating to know that between cities, Mavis divisions in Illinois, um, states, the nation, you don't know how you're going to get treated when it's when it comes to first responder psychological support. So if you have a chief that loves it and promotes it, Uh, You're going to, you know, fare differently than somebody whose chief thinks that it is psychological bullshit and a waste Mm -hmm. of time. And you need to pull up your big girl pants and stop complaining. So, you know, we have little things that are coming through like confidentiality and peer support, but then we have big problems. Like if you're going to do psych testing on a first responder, that psych test better be normed on first responders. Or if you are going to do a workman's cop case, you know, I get a form 45 in Illinois and it asks me, can you lift 50 pounds? And it's like, this is a psychology situation. And yeah. they're like, yeah, circle the part of the body that's injured. I'm like, that's not, can we get a psych form? Can, can we actually get a mental health form? Just,
0: just circle their whole head and say.
1: <laughs> well, and I have done that. I've done that out of my I can sarcastic. see that. <laughs> so I have done that. And it's frustrating because like I said, it just, it really depends. The other thing that's controversial is, you know, when you get into a deposition, one lawyer is going to make a psychologist look amazing and brilliant yeah. and smart. The other lawyer, it's their job to make him sound like a complete whack job. Yeah. Um, you know, and even when you go in being aware of that, there's this feeling that, oh my God, my patient is the one who suffers because of the politics and the bullshit around this. Yeah. So that's probably the worst, heaviest, controversial topic yeah. in first responder behavioral health
0: yeah did you ever rip off an opposing lawyer's head in a deposition or in court I want to hear I, that that can be more controversial I, all of a sudden I saw you go red <laughs> <laughs> like, like, which which oh means which means that it probably has happened <laughs>
1: you know, the, the fantasy happens like the you know the thought of like mm-hmm. I would really like to not be in the pioneer phase mm-hmm. of first responder psychological support because you take a lot of hits from other providers, lawyers, politicians, and just the judgments. You know, there's there's always a team Sarah and a not team Sarah. So what do you know? Work work has perks and it has its other moments.
0: Yeah. 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 I. Uh, I you know, again, I'm you know, somewhat ignorant. I've got. I uh, certainly care, but um, I'm ignorant because I don't play in your world. And I'm also not a first responder, you know, having you know, captains or um, management staff tell me, and I've heard this from some police officers, they said, you know, go have a beer and then come back tomorrow and, you know, get over it. Um, which, frankly, for some, maybe that's all they need. And for others, not so much, you know, because everybody's different. And at least that's my opinion. Uh, but it seems um, to me that the pendulum is swinging the way of mental health and wellness. Um, you know, case in point, I was on a community meeting with the new chief of police for Long Beach, California, where I live. And one of the things that he talked about, you know, unsolicited in his opening remarks about his vision was officer wellness and how that was important to him. Um, And it could have just been lip service. I don't know. I don't work for the Long Beach Police Department. But I thought that the fact that he went out of his way to mention it was at least a positive sign that it's not on the periphery of the radar, it's right there um, for the chief of police in a five to 10 minute talk uh, or speech is mentioning that. Are you seeing that as well, that the pendulum is swinging a little bit more to, hey, we we need to take care of these guys and gals if they're going to perform at a high level?
1: I think so, and it's wild, right? Because my first you know, the first time doing this is back in 2010. So it's taken 12 years to see momentum.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so there's a part of me that's like, yippee, some people are talking about it. But another part of me is like, I'm 12 years, you know, almost 13 into watching a lot of suffering, because we didn't want to talk about a human being, being a complete human being with a mind, body, spirit. You know, so again, there's a lot of um men and women in the first responder world for being treated like they are the job and not the person. And that's yeah. tough.
0: Yeah. Very, very serious question. Did you actually go yippie?
1: Might <laughs> sometimes I do. <laughs> I, you know, like what you see is what you get with me. Um like I, I'll turn red, I'll blush, I'll swear, I'll <laughs> cry because I am
0: I am human too. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I will actually see this is, this is why I don't do this live so I can edit stupid crap that I say uh, out of the shows. Although maybe I'll leave that with it because I found it funny. Uh, (laughs) And you actually laugh too. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, Actually getting into slightly serious mode. And I, I think I'm seeing a little bit of this. Uh, maybe more in firefighting than police, but I'm seeing it with police as well, is, um, and this is a shout out to my beautiful healthcare wife who talks all about, you know, prevention costs a lot less than care later on. And it, it seems like there are a number of public safety organizations that are getting that, that, you know, let's, let's spend the money up front. Because it'll be a much lower percentage than spending the money after the fact, you know. Whether it's you know just main physical care, and I think some of that is bleeding into no pun intended, uh, mental health. In that, you know what? Maybe if we give these gals and these guys. You know, some mental wellness training, whether that is yoga, like yoga for first responders, or, uh, you know, maybe that is, you know, some some classes and some counseling beforehand of, you know, here's some things that, you know, you should look out for beforehand. Um, Some of that is happening. Is, is that just my ignorance in hoping that that's happening? Or are you seeing that as well, that there's some of this before the fact, before you know, you really are contemplating suicide and you know, we really need full on therapy and help. Let's give you a little bit of help beforehand so you could see some of these warning signs beforehand. Is that happening?
1: Uh, I don't think it's happening enough and we don't even sure. have funds necessarily that are allotted for that. So we have ATPs, your annual training plans, and like I'm squeezed in. I'm always squeezed in, we're always finding money, there isn't really a budget for it. So again, until we make it policy, um, we're not gonna make it training. And if we don't have policy and training, we're gonna have hostility toward first responder psychological support, especially in the legal world. And everyone's like, oh, Sarah's trying to get people pensions and get them off of work. Sarah isn't trying to do that. Sarah doesn't have the power to do that. (laughs) I'm well aware that I don't. Furthermore, like there are so many roadblocks, including the fact that no first responder wants to lose his job that way. Yeah. So like the fears and the ignorance is always a heavy layer of poop to shovel through. (laughs) And sometimes I have a toothpick and other days I got a shovel, but there's always plenty of poop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's un- it's unfortunate. You know, I'm not usually the the optimist in the group, but you know, I do think that that there are some things changing for the positive. Um, you know, I I do believe that that this is a, an opportunity. You know, you hear you know, if my my version of, of controversy is obviously I don't support the defund the police. Uh, but I also don't support the blind defend the police. Yeah, you know, I think all of this that has happened over the last few years is a real opportunity to develop police and other first responders to look at some of these things, these systems, these programs, the even the before the fact help as I alluded to earlier to say you know let's let's do something differently. Yeah, you know, let's not keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Let's do things differently and maybe, you know, build this again from scratch or retool it so that not only our community safer, but also, you know, all of our first responders, you know, are more likely to go home to their family safely. Um is. that's that's my hope. Um, maybe maybe I'm naive uh, but you know can, can that happen, Sarah or is that just more poop as you said?
1: <laughs> well, I don't want to be the negative <laughs> melly right? Th- this is what I think.'re we're, we're doing it right? Like more mm-hmm. mental health counselors are writing books on the topic. We have CISD, we have after action reviews. we have peer support teams, we have chaplains. We have something called a resiliency program that they're mm-hmm. teaching. I want a post-traumatic growth focus. Um, When it comes to trauma, I don't see people bouncing back to pre-trauma states of mind and functioning, but we can do post-traumatic growth or we can do mindfulness. But Mm -hmm. all those things I just listed are proof. Like we are trying to figure out what works. We're trying to find out what's effective. We hear EMDR, which is a trauma-focused therapy and a trauma-informed therapy, know more and more um in the first responder world and for former military so Mm -hmm. we're getting there it just so happens that anyone doing this work right now i would call them a pioneer but like i have 12 years in i'm not a veteran like or i'm a newbie trying to figure it out with everybody
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so we're getting there
0: yeah well in the entrepreneurial world where i play in uh, as much as i can they say that uh, you could always tell the pioneers because they're the ones with the arrows in their back. <laughs> you've never heard that one before, Sarah. So validating. <laughs> so all of, all of a sudden it all becomes clear these last yeah. 10 to 12 years that you've had. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I,
1: I almost cured.
0: <laughs> well, as, as I begin to, to wrap up a little bit, um. I know that there's no silver bullet. Yeah you know, every every first responder, frankly, even the same public safety professional that's at the same traumatic event, um, may very well be dealing with two very different issues. Um, but for those folks out there, yeah, you know, the police officers, the firefighters, somebody that may be dealing with something. May not even know exactly what it is, but they know that you know he or she is dealing with with something. Um, if they're listening and they're in crisis and need support right now, you know, is there something that they should do? You know, other than obviously pick up the phone and and call an expert like yourself.
1: Uh, I think we have to get into the habit of noticing. So noticing is one of my favorite words or suggestions, because if you don't notice, you are not going to be self aware. And if you're not aware of what's happening with your mind and Mm -hmm. your body, and even the spirit that you have with the job, you know, then you're not going to recognize your patterns, you're not going to recognize how your patterns change, you're not going to recognize how you contribute to some of your own what we call repetition compulsion. Mm -hmm. So if we can notice and become more self aware, and we recognize the pattern of how we're thinking and feeling and doing, that is the time we can choose to change. So it sounds like a subtle passive thing to do, but unfortunately what happens is somebody comes into my office when it is too late, Mm -hmm. when they haven't felt like themselves for a very long time, or God forbid the suicidal fantasy escalated to passive suicide ideation Mm -hmm. or actual suicide ideation, or we get someone who's suicidal and we lose that person. So we have to notice that the coolest job in the world sometimes is the most effed up job in the world. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that that's awesome advice. And for anybody that's listening or watching, Um, While I'm not a first responder, I'm not shy about telling people that, you know, I struggled with alcoholism for a long time. And in the last two years of of being sober, um, I never called it mindfulness, but, you know, I called it just simply, you know, ask why. And, you you know, I dealt with still deal with a lot of anger issues. And there are mornings now where I know before it would be, you know, how soon can I get to the bar? Uh, where mornings now, if I'm really, really angry, you know, I actually just stop and ask myself, why in the hell am I so angry? Yeah, and, so, and sometimes I get an answer of I'm angry because of X. And that is a good answer is that, okay, well, let's deal with X and let's try to do so without being so angry. Um, or sometimes it's like, you know, I don't really even know why I'm so angry. It, and sometimes just asking yourself that question, while it may seem very simple, uh, it, it actually—I could—I could tell you from my standpoint, it actually does help. It, it takes you back you know, a level. It's like, all right, let's let's really examine why I'm pissed off.
1: <laughs> yes, because if you go into a lack of self-awareness and you're ignorant about your own thoughts and feelings, then why would you do anything about it? Yeah. So that's part of the self-care and self-care isn't selfish. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally how you become a high functioning person. So,
0: so, so, so I'm on the right path. I'm actually doing something right. Thanks. You validated something today. (laughs) agree. agree. I'm so glad. (laughs) But yeah, it is, as we close out, it reminds me of it. I don't remember exactly where I read it. You, you might remember it. It was from some psychological journal but they talked about curing people from smoking you know, getting them to stop smoking. And that one program, and I would give it a shout out, I'm not a smoker, but I would give it a shout out just as an example, if I wasn't old and couldn't remember things. Um, they talked about the very first step was they, they got the smoker in a room and they actually said, go ahead, light up. And of course, the smoker is sitting there going, I thought I'm supposed to stop smoking. You're telling me to smoke. So let's go ahead, you know, light one up like you always do. And then just before they're about to take a puff, they say, I want you to tell me exactly what you're feeling, you know, what you're tasting. You, know, you tell me, you know, be, be curious. In fact, that's what they call it. Be curious about it. You know, what what are you feeling? What are you tasting? What's happening while you're smoking? And what happens in that particular first puff in this treatment is, especially when they talk about tasting it, you know, many of them say, you know, now that I think of it, this tastes like crap (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you really, really think about it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think that that goes back to, you know, maybe we don't need psychologists anymore. Maybe we can get you out of a job. Maybe just think about what you're doing and what you're feeling. And that's all you need.
1: That is, that is so true, right? And so my, my goal is to unemploy myself, right? Like, you know you did a great job when you know you don't have to go to work anymore. Um, that'll never happen, unfortunately, because people refuse to be self-aware. And then they are uncertain if self-caring is allowed or deserved or if they're worth it. So there's so much undoing of past trauma to get people to be willing not only to notice themselves, but then to love themselves anyway. Yeah. Like, okay, there's a part of me that wanted to smoke. There's a part of me that didn't want to smoke. I have to deal with that conflict within myself without shame and guilt and bullshit. Yeah. And that takes some training because we don't teach that in school either.
0: No, we do not. Um, but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not going to be unemployed anytime soon. Um, I think that retirement will hit before unemployment will, <laughs> given what I'm seeing out there. But we're glad that we have you. Uh, as, as we wrap this up, probably the most important question for all of our listeners and watchers out there that you know, really could use your help and want your help, whether that is um, your uh, therapy services, um, to have you speak, um, or possibly just to simply listen to your great podcast, how can people best find you out there?
1: Uh, probably on my website, which is just selfcarepath.com. But if you type in my name or first responder psychological support, you'll hit my podcast too, you know, and I'm happy to teach anywhere through Zoom, um, but I'm actually in Lake Mary, Florida. So um, that also kind of shifts my license, by the way. So in Illinois, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor, but in Florida, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Hmm. Um, But near the Orlando area is where I'm at now.
0: Yes. Got it. So if you're planning any big first responder conferences at Disney World, um, call, call <laughs> Sarah. She could probably walk there.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm close. I am close.
0: I'm yes. Close. Well, <laughs> S- Sarah, I had a ball uh, speaking you. with you this morning. You know, Thank you for taking time out of what I know is a busy day. Um, really appreciate what you're doing out there. And, and thanks for sharing some things with us today. I learned stuff.
1: Well, thank you, and thanks for everything you're doing. We're in it together, so much appreciated.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure to have you, and it's my privilege to have all of you either listening or watching an episode of Public Safety Talk Radio, and we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POC Way. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.